Stoneman, start your engines. Uh, here's the way that about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. I don't know why I always do that. It's sort of a tick of mine. I have to adjust the microphone, even though it's already adjusted before I start the show. I always have to reach over there and make a final adjustment. And I think that's uh, I do that with the trumpet also. You know, I'm, I'm like ready to go, ready to play that note. And then just before I play the note, I've got a little adjustment I make. I, I think it's a, just a nervous tick. In any case, good to have everybody with us tonight. Jim Paris here. We are live on Sunday nights. And I started doing this thing with my Restream account where I'm calling the Sunday night show an event. (laughs) It sounds like a lot bigger of a deal when I say it's an event. But this is something you can do now with social media is you can sort of schedule your live video and it's called an event and then it shows up in your news feed like hours beforehand and then once you do go live it then pops up there and it's it's in your in your live stream uh, in your in your news feed so i did that i i tried that a couple of times uh, it didn't work right but i think it's working tonight i see all my uh, live Video streams are working on my monitor, so that is good. In our news segment tonight, we've got a lot to get into, but I'm super excited to tell you about our guest segment coming up in 28 minutes. Eric Burkhardt is here, and you may know him as a returning guest. He is a former CIA agent, and he's got some intel for us of what's happening right now in Ukraine. He's got contacts there in Ukraine, so we're going to get some super inside information on what's actually happening. Uh, But a lot to get into first in our news roundup. I wanted to start by throwing this out and asking you, my audience, this question. I I did this with my social media followers, got uh, kind of a mixed reaction to this, but maybe it's just that my antenna is up for it, uh, for this type of news. But do you believe that the pandemic is causing there to be more divorces. And let me tell you why I'm throwing this out there. I'm hearing this from a lot of people. Um, I ran into a friend this week and he shared with me, I was shocked that his 20 year marriage is now ending. And he and his wife began a separation right around the time that the pandemic hit. And I'm hearing this from a lot of people that the pandemic has brought in such stress and division in their marriage that their marriage is ending. And I'm just throwing that out. If you find that to be true or not weighing on that on my Facebook page, I've got a post up there asking people to uh, comment on that. I don't have any hard statistics to back this up. Just something anecdotally that I'm throwing out there and asking for people uh, to share with me. Are you hearing this? Uh, Especially about long-term marriages, people that have been married 15, 20 years, 30 years, even longer getting divorced now just around this time after the pandemic. 
Okay, so Trump was at CPAC in Orlando. And I have to laugh because this is so so Trump, right? Uh, he says that he will win his third straight presidential election in 2024. Ha ha, right? Uh, claiming, of course, that he won this recent election, which we're not going to get into that on this show or the video will be banned from everywhere. Uh, but he's, he's uh, says in his speech, he's going to win his third straight presidential election in 2024. And, um, he, he also went on to say, I thought this was interesting. He said that he's certain that the Ukraine crisis would not have happened if he were in office. And I threw that out to my uh, Facebook followers and most people agreed with that. In fact, there was a poll uh, that was done and 62% of those that responded, 62% of Americans say that Putin would not have invaded Ukraine if Trump were president. I find that interesting. And uh, the European Union is putting in ban, uh, putting in place a ban on Russian planes in their airspace. And they're also sending weapons to Ukraine. So a lot is happening. A lot is happening with Ukraine. It, it seems like everything in the news is now connected to Ukraine. And you might be thinking, well, this is a half a world away. What does this have to do with me? Uh, but it's going to start hurting you directly when you look at what it's going to cost you for gas, because the price of gas is expected very quickly to get to $4 plus all around the country and in cities like Chicago and places like California, we're already seeing that in these blue states, these, these cities where there's a bunch of gas taxes already in place. We're already seeing the $4 plus prices, but in the heartland, uh, in places like Florida, we're going to be seeing four bucks a gallon soon. I mean, it could very well be in the next week or two. Right now in Florida, we're paying, I think right now, about three and a half dollars a gallon, which is still a real burden on the working man. It really is. I have to tell you, there's two places where you can really hit the average person hard in their pocketbook. One is in the, at the gas pump and the other is at the grocery store. And we're getting hit in both places really hard. Now, I'm fortunate in my own life that I don't really have to drive very far. The distances I drive are usually by choice. So usually I'm working from home. So typically every day I'm going to go up to Starbucks, do a little bit of work from Starbucks because I like to get out of my house. And then sometimes I go up to St. Augustine by choice and maybe work out of a coffee shop up there. And then I've typically got a big band rehearsal that I go to on Thursday nights. And that's about 25 miles each way to do that. So, you know, I don't have to drive a lot. But uh, for those of you watching in some of these blue states, yeah, we're, we're going to be looking at maybe even $5 a gallon for some of you folks and people in the red states in places like Florida and Texas, you're going to be seeing the $4 soon. And this is all because Russia is a major oil producer. And with what's happening with Russia, uh, not only the disruption of the oil supply coming out of Russia, but also Russia is facing a lot of sanctions where they're getting, let's call it what it is, unbanked. Uh, the U.S. and other countries are starting to freeze Russians, the, the Russia uh, financial 
their banking system is based largely on being connected to the international banking system and they're being frozen out of that. So a lot of effects will happen as we're attempting to hurt Russia and bring sanctions on Russia. Those sanctions many times will boomerang back and have unintended consequences. And we're looking at uh, who knows? I mean, there's pressure on Biden to maybe open up the XL pipeline and uh, maybe go into our strategic national oil reserves. Who knows what's going to happen as we hit $4 in a lot of areas and $5 and beyond. And uh, I thought this was a, this was a golden quote from Nancy Pelosi. She said, quote, she said, it's important to understand the brilliance of Biden's response to the Russian invasion. <laughs> it's important to understand the brilliance of his response to the Russian invasion. And then if, if there's not enough stupid things in the news, Joy Behar had this quote, which is golden. You can always uh, look to the five. Um, uh, you can look to Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg and their associates. You can always uh, look to them uh, for one of these golden quotes, at least uh, the view, I say, not the five, the view once a week, you can get one of these quotes, Joy Behar under fire after saying she's scared of what the Ukraine invasion means for her vacation. God forbid it might affect Maud Behar's vacation as Rush used to call her Maud Behar. All right. I want to get to tonight's sponsor, which is me and my tremendous weight loss. So one of my new favorite things is when I see someone I haven't seen in a long time is their reaction to my weight loss. So I'll give you a couple of quick stories. So I went to a reunion of black belts uh, this past Wednesday night. Um, one of our instructors who's been teaching for 35 years is going into retirement. So they got all of the black belts together uh, for his last day of teaching uh, as he went into retirement. And I was one of those black belts, third degree black belt, I will say. Uh, but in any case, black belts and higher were all invited uh, to this gathering. And so people literally, I'm not kidding you, did not recognize me because of my weight loss. In fact, this instructor who was retiring was later overheard saying to other people that what happened to Jim Paris it looks like he lost half of himself. That's what his quote was. And then today I was at church and I ran into some people at church that I had not seen in four months. That's the period of time that I had this weight loss. So if you can imagine, they saw me four months ago and then they saw me this morning. That's, those are the two times they saw me. Part of that is I've been watching church online. Part of it is I was going to a different campus. But in any case, these people hadn't seen me in four months. And their jaws, I'm not getting you, their jaws just hit the floor. What happened to you? What have you done? It is the new slimmed down version of Jim Paris. I just love this reaction that I'm getting from people about my weight loss. And tonight's sponsor is my weight loss transformation. And if you would like to find out exactly what I'm doing, here's what I'm offering. I will call you up personally and talk to you for 15 minutes, tell you what I'm doing and 
tell you what is involved in the program, what it costs, how it works, and answer all your questions. And then no pressure. If you want to do this, I will coach you in the same program that I used to lose 40 pounds. Can you believe it? 40 pounds. It is life changing transformation. 40 pounds. Tonight's sponsor, My Weight Loss Transformation. And if you want to take me up on that 15 minute phone call, send me an email to jim at christianmoney.com. Jim at christianmoney.com. I will show you and share with you how to lose this massive amount of weight without being hungry. 40 pounds. Unbelievable. 40 pounds. All right, let's get back to what's happening in Ukraine, which is going to be the theme of the whole show tonight. I'm, I'm going to tell you because it's just, it's in every little aspect of the news, something to do with Ukraine. So we're talking about the price of gas and the price of gas is certainly obviously a factor of the price of oil. And we're flirting with a hundred dollars per barrel for West Texas intermediate crude. Now that's sort of the benchmark by which uh, in the United States, we look at the price of oil and it, tonight it is at $96 on, on WTI West Texas intermediate crude $96. As we see the price of oil continue to rise creeping up to a hundred dollars, it'll probably be a hundred dollars easily this week. And, and then beyond, man, you got to wonder what this is going to do to the economy in general, because think about it. Everything has the price of, of gas in it because it takes gas to get those products to your doorstep. I mean, even when you buy something on Amazon, the cost of getting that to your doorstep has gas in it. The groceries that you buy at the grocery store, how do they get there? They get there by a truck that's fueled by gas. Everything we buy has the price of gas built in it. And if inflation wasn't already running away, we're going to see that happening uh, more and more. These prices continuing to spike because of the price of gas and West Texas intermediate crude at $96 tonight. And uh, really this is just going to fuel inflation in everything, in everything that we spend money on. Okay. I want to throw this out to you. Most people on my social media said yes to this question. Do you think that dropping the mask and vaccine mandates in the blue states and the blue cities has anything to do with the upcoming election. We already know that these people are hypocrites because we saw them at the Super Bowl not wearing masks after they're telling all of us to wear masks. And we've seen them in all their photo ops not wearing masks when they're telling all of us to wear masks. Very similar to what happens when uh, these rich people, John Kerry, Mark Zuckerberg, and others fly on private jets and tell us to buy electric cars because we don't want to. We shouldn't be burning gas to drive our car to work. We should have an electric car, and then they're out on a private jet. Do as I say, not as I do. Well, this is exactly what's happening with the mask mandates. All of these pro-mask people in politics in particular are hypocrites. They absolutely are. And so what we're starting to see are the blue states and the blue cities dropping the mask mandates and also the vaccine mask, the, va the vaccine mandates. New York City just announcing here over the weekend that they're going to lift vaccine mandates for all 
businesses, all private businesses and events. Uh, so this is happening. Um, it, it's all of a sudden, poof, it just disappeared. All of a sudden, we no longer have to wear the masks. Magically, that mandate disappears. And now the vaccination mandate is disappearing. But I have to tell you that there's still a lot of businesses that are just over the top with these masks. I had to go into a walk-in clinic for a medical test on Friday. And so um, I go to the door and there's a big sign up and it says, uh, you can come in just to fill out the paperwork and then you'll have to return to your car. Only one patient at a time can be in the lobby. <laughs> so I go into the lobby of this walk-in clinic. All of the chairs are turned around facing the wall to tell you, you can't sit down anywhere. And so I walk in and I'm given my clipboard of information and I quickly fill it out and hand it back to them because I just need this, this little simple, quick medical test. I then uh, am told to go back out to my car. So I'm sitting in my car and there's probably 10 cars in the parking lot, all idling. We're all waiting our turn. And then they call you on your cell phone when it's your turn to come in. And of course, everybody inside this this walk-in clinic, they're all fully masked up and, and all of that. And I don't know about in your area, but I'm noticing more people wearing masks, even though we don't have a mandate here. I'm noticing an uptick, an uptick just in people wearing masks. Uh, in the grocery store, I'm seeing more people. I'm even seeing more people wearing the masks just outside, outside by themselves. But it looks like um, the CDC is getting rid of the indoor mask mandate. If they haven't already, the news is they're getting rid of it uh, at any moment. It's going to be dropped. But I'm convinced that there's going to be some percentage of the population, honestly, that will never, never get rid of these masks. They're just into these masks. They want to keep these masks in place. And such draconian things as making everybody wait outside in their car at this walk-in clinic, which you know what? I didn't really mind that <laughs> to be honest with you, because the worst part of these walk-in clinics is sitting around all these people that are sick uh, and you don't want to get sick. And sometimes you're there for just a quick medical test, which is what I was there for. And then if they have a TV on, it's, it's always going to be either something like Jerry Springer <laughs> or CNN. One of those two things. It's just going to be uh, really torture sitting in their lobby anyway. But in any case, uh, here we go. New York city dropping their vaccine mandates, uh, uh for, uh, all their private businesses in the city as well as events. Arizona Starbucks becomes the first Starbucks outside of New York city to unionize. And I find this to be very interesting and I'm starting to wonder with as much trouble as restaurants are having getting workers, if we're going to see workers starting to flex their muscles by grouping together and unionizing. And apparently New York already has unionized Starbucks. Um, but we're looking at the unionization of Starbucks in what is typically not a strong union state, Arizona. Uh, Arizona, uh, has, uh, some Starbucks locations that are actually unionizing. And you wonder if you're going to start seeing this in more, more places. 
as the shortage of workers for restaurants uh, continues, uh, this is now the number one issue. Anybody in the restaurant business will tell you is they cannot get people. They cannot get workers. There's a general employee shortage in just about every uh, type of business. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of business it is, uh, but in particular in the restaurant business. And I, I really, I wonder why this is. Um, I know it's always been difficult to get workers in the restaurant business, but why is it more difficult now than it was prior to the pandemic? And people have different opinions on this. One of the things I think is I still believe there's a lot of free money flowing from the government. Uh, even though there's no more quote unquote stimulus money, there still is a lot of money flowing, a lot of increased money, uh, child uh, tax credit money and different programs where there's a lot more money for people. People do not have to work uh, in a lot of cases now because of post pandemic a stimulus type money, money that's there supposedly to help people to recover. But what it's really doing is the opposite, which is so many times the case with government programs. Uh, it has the reverse effect, which is that it's hurting businesses because businesses can't get workers because there's so much free money flowing. Well, I, I want to finish out our new segment by talking about the mortgage business. I was actually in the mortgage business for quite a few years and, and I really thoroughly enjoyed being in the mortgage industry. It's a lot of fun to help someone to be able to buy a house, especially get into their first house. It's a blast. Um, but when you're kind of that guy that has the keys to what they need, which is the money, the financing, um, that's what I did. I worked in the financial side of that. And I made a decision um, a couple of weeks ago that I'm going to get back into the mortgage industry. And a lot has changed in the mortgage industry. Uh, but that's something I'm going to talk about, start talking about a lot more on the show is, is mortgages and home financing. And really, when you get, get into the world of mortgages, you really have two different animals. You've got mortgages that you use to purchase a property, whether it's for your own personal um, you know, home or for an investment. And then you have mortgages where you're refinancing, refinancing to either get a better interest rate or to draw cash out of your property to be able to pay off uh, existing uh, debts that you have. People do this a lot of times to pay off high interest rate credit cards, that sort of thing. Well, in 2008, when the whole industry collapsed, I got out. I decided enough was enough there was almost like a six month or a one year period where you could hardly get any loans done. Most lenders stopped making loans and the industry literally collapsed. Well, the industry has reinvented itself and has sort of relaunched and a lot of reforms have been made to the mortgage industry. And I'm excited to let you know that all of the programs that were so popular back in 2008 and before where people could get mortgages, even if they had a low credit score, even if they were self-employed and they couldn't necessarily prove their income in a traditional way, they could use something like bank deposits to prove their income. Because a lot of people that are self-employed like yours truly, we get a lot of tax deductions. So when you're 
taking depreciation for a studio that's built in your house and other such deductions, it may look like on your tax return that you're not making a lot of money because all of these legitimate tax write-offs offset your income and almost make it appear that you're not a profitable venture. Um, so programs like bank statements are back. Programs uh, for people with low credit scores are back. Programs for people that have had a recent bankruptcy are now available again. And I share all this uh, with you because if you're somebody who maybe is still renting and maybe you haven't looked at home ownership as a possibility in a while because maybe you've had some shaky credit. Maybe you're somebody that's self-employed or you have gig type income on traditional type income. Uh, you might want to start taking a look at what is available again. And we'll be talking more about that on the show in coming weeks. I'm not in the industry yet, so don't contact me about any of this yet. Uh, but I'm going to start spending a little bit of time on each show talking about the new mortgage industry. And one of the things I'm going to start focusing on also is credit repair because so many people that can't get a mortgage because of bad credit are kind of stuck and they don't really know what they can do so that in a, in a period of like maybe just three months or six months to be able to rehabilitate their credit, to be able to become credit worthy. So if they've got provable income, whether it's from traditional employment or from self-employment or gig type income, how can they rebuild their credit in a short window of three to six months uh, to be able to get to a point that they've got a good enough credit score and then they've got provable income in one uh, fashion or another to be able to get a mortgage? You know, in a lot of areas, the price of homes has really dramatically shot up. I've mentioned recently that this home that I live in now, we originally purchased it for $125,000. And now it's saying online that our home is worth over $400,000. That is in 11 years. We've seen almost a four times increase, a fourfold increase in our home. And this is happening all across the country. But the book that I'm working on right now, which is how to move to Florida if you're dirt poor has some really breakthrough information in it. And I want to give you just one little idea uh, that I want to share with you. My dry cleaner is doing this. I, I had a long conversation with him the other day. I had a, I had a $200 dry cleaning bill. So he was really happy with me. Now I have to tell you in, in my own defense, 50% of that was alterations I've had to buy a bunch of new clothes because of losing 40 pounds, for goodness sake. So I'm in there. I'm giving him $200 for my dry cleaning and my alterations because I had to buy all new pants because none of my pants fit. I tried, you know, getting uh, smaller belts, uh, which I've gotten, but you can only click that belt so tight before you start looking like Urkel. <laughs> anyway, uh he had, he has this tremendous idea. He got, he bought a property for $17,000. This is just about 10 or 15 minutes outside of where I live right now. It's in a rural area and you can right now 
buy a lot there for $17,000 and it's rural. So you're getting like, in his case, he was getting like 1.7 acres for $17,000. Now this is an unimproved lot. So for him to put water and electricity and a septic system on there altogether, he's going to end up having about $60,000 invested in this lot. But this is 1.7 acres of property he's going to have. This is just 20 minutes from the beach. And he his plan is to put an RV on there, an RV that he can park there while he's not traveling. And then when he does decide to travel, he just, uh, you know, unhooks the RV and goes down the road with his RV. And he'll have 1.7 acre tract that he can buy right now for $17,000. So there's a lot of things like this you can still do in Florida with without a lot of money. You can live on a boat in Florida very inexpensively. You can live in an RV park very inexpensively. There are still parts of Florida that are very inexpensive to buy real estate in. I'll give you two examples. Um, so here's, here's one extreme. Palm Beach, Florida. You live around where Trump's Mar-a-Lago is, those homes are millions of dollars, millions of dollars near the beach. But you can get a home near the beach in the panhandle of Florida for maybe $150,000. So there are still good locations in Florida to buy real estate. But this is not just true in Florida. It's true in every state in the country. There are still good values to be had on real estate. This is why we're going to start spending more time on the show talking about real estate and talking about mortgages and how to borrow money to get into some of these values. You know, there's going to come a time where maybe nowhere in Florida are there affordable deals to be had. That hasn't happened yet. I think we're still five years, maybe 10 years away from that happening. You can still get into these deals where you can get almost two acres of property for $17,000. I mean, that's insane. And that's still just 15, 20 minutes from the beach to be able to get a big piece of property like that and have your privacy and sort of live off the grid a little bit uh, in a rural location. All right. A lot to get into in our guest segment. He is holding our good friend Eric Burkhardt is here, former CIA agent, author of Muka Barat Baby. All of that coming up in one minute. We'll refire the open and we'll be right back. Stand by. 